Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai for 32 years. What a big day I had in surgery yesterday. Fascinating. Why do your hips get destroyed? You need me to do surgery on them. Why do your knees get destroyed? One of the cases I did yesterday was a man playing basketball and came down from a rebound, heard a pop, felt a pop. Whole knee got swollen immediately. But what was interesting is he could not straighten his knee. From the moment I met him a few days after the episode, his knee was locked. What I found inside his knee was amazing I'll just let you know he can now fully straighten and bend his knee and has a new anterior cruciate ligament but it's not new it's just me rearranging the furniture in his knee Clapper so many surgeries different kinds of surgeries that I do but I gotta tell you rebuilding someone's ACL by just taking their patella tendon a little piece of it and using it as the graft Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Derrick Rose, Peekaboo Street. You name the athlete. You name the sport. That's what we do for the elite athlete, using their own patella tendon, central third of it, little sliver of it. And believe it or not, nine months later, it becomes a brand new ACL. And if you look in someone's knee after they've had that surgery, it's amazing. It looks just like it was before. As much as I love putting implants into people, shoulder replacements, knee replacements, hip replacements, and it's so gratifying to get rid of pain, there's nothing like being holistic in the sense that you're using the person's own body to solve the problem. Awesome. Awesome day in surgery yesterday. And I'm not tired because I can't wait to be here every Saturday morning for 10 and a half years now with you. The hell yeah. And today's a special day because Zach L. Caldy is sitting in the seat that Steve Paulette sat in for 10 and a half years as we wish Steve Paulette a great retirement. Zach is awesome. He's got the sound bites all ready for us. And do we have a show planned for you? Before we get started, though, a few shout outs. One to Vince Perillo from Elite Sheet Metal and Gutters. Big fans of the show. If you need gutters on your house, and trust me, it was raining this morning. They are the best in the business. Elite Sheet Metal and Gutters, and they took care of yours truly, and I appreciate it. Today's show is going to be great, and I have to thank the great Scott Kaplan from this station for setting it up because Tommy Lamb put together an ESPN golf tournament And I brought three weekend warriors, and we played in a foursome, and we had the greatest time. But one of the best parts about that golf tournament was one of the sponsors that Scott Kaplan is very friendly with, Gary Farrell, who's going to be my guest at 815, started a shirt company, a polo shirt company. Blah, 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 big deal. No. I'm telling you right now, you wear one of these shirts, three people are going to come up to you during the day going, that's a great shirt. It happened to Carlos Barrera, who helps me in surgery, wearing a Sunday Swagger shirt. And it happens to me all the time. When I am in my office seeing patients, I may take my white coat off and just wear my Sunday Swagger shirt. You can buy them online. But the story of this company is fascinating. And what really made me think all week, which is what was so cool about this company and this shirt, is the name. Sunday, okay, I get it, Swagger, 
That word swagger fascinates me because it means you have confidence and that shirt tells the world you're special. Tiger Woods learned from Lee Trevino that on Sundays you wear a red shirt and black pants. The intimidation factor to the people who you're competing with, but the self-confidence that you get, that swagger that you get, is so worth it. And loving it. That's right. Maxwell Smart. So where in art, where in sports, where in surgery, and where in food do you see swagger? Ugh. Wait till I tell you about the food place. My mouth is watering already. I'm from New York City. I know you guys have L.A. hot dogs where they wrap bacon around it and you can smell them down the street and they're delicious. That's an L.A. hot dog. Love it. But in New York City, when you walk on the streets of New York, there's a, there's a guy or a woman on the corner with an umbrella selling hot dogs. Brown mustard, sauerkraut, sure. But you know what gives that damn hot dog swagger? A red onion sauce. I have no idea what's in it. I'm sure there are onions in it. But it's not red because the onions are red. It's because the sauce is red. And there is a tanginess and a spiciness to that sauce that gives that hot dog swagger. And I've been searching in L.A. for a New York hot dog that I can buy on the streets in New York. Well, I found it. And I'm going to tell you a little later in the show where the best swagger in food is. Mm, is it, in fact, after the show, they don't open at 9 o'clock, but I will be there today. I, I can't talk about it and not eat it again. But where in art, where in sports, where in surgery, do you see swagger? Well, in the fashion industry, in art, a designer came up in the 1920s with the most brilliant idea for swagger because he needed it. Yeah, he was a, an athlete himself. He was a tennis player and a pretty good tennis player. But he was really not built to play tennis. He was frail and short and skinny. He was not athletic by any means. But he had to make up for it by having a swagger. His name was Rene Lacoste. He's the guy who invented that shirt that we all see with the crocodile on the front. Prior to Rene Lacoste, you had to wear a button-down white-collar shirt and a blazer to play tennis with long pants and a belt. This is in the 20s I'm talking about, 100 years ago. But Rene Lacoste told the world, you may think I'm frail, but when I wear this shirt and design this shirt with a crocodile on the front, I'm saying something. I'm saying something to you, and I'm saying something to myself. In fashion, he changed the world with swagger. And in sports, nobody gave swagger more of a swagger. Before there was Tiger Woods, before there was Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, there was Arnold Palmer in golf. They used to drink martinis and go to country clubs when they played golf in the past. They didn't let you and me in those golf clubs. Arnold Palmer brought the beer-drinking guys and women to golf. And you're going to hear that story. Prior to Arnold Palmer, there was no idea that an athlete was a brand. There was no, you could have swagger, but that was it as an individual. The man who started IMG looked at Arnold Palmer and said, you young man, I'm going to build an industry around you. And the story of Arnold Palmer, you got to hear it. And in my world of surgery, oh, I almost don't know whether I should tell this story or not, about white clogs and blood all over them. I may have to wait and think about whether I want to tell you about swagger and surgery. But let's get right into the whole idea of Rene Lacoste changing the world in fashion by putting a crocodile on the front of the shirt. Nobody ever put the logo on the front of an outfit before. Now we take it for granted, but not 100 years ago. Here's the story 
of the man who brought swagger to fashion, Rene Lacoste. Gradually, tennis became sort of an addiction for him. Sadly, no one believed in him. He didn't have the right physique to build a successful career as an athlete. He was short and not very well coordinated, too frail for a professional tennis player. But it was far from his only problem. Rene's father was opposed to his hobby. This disagreement even caused daily sports-related scandals between the two. The aristocrat wanted his son to become an official, not some boy with a racket. His father did not approve. And by the way, what are you wasting your time playing tennis for? You're not an athlete. But after some time, the father did agree to give Rene a chance, but on one condition. Rene had to become a world champion, and he had only five years to do it. It might seem that five years was a lot, but for a real athlete, it's very little time. Weeks and even months of hard training, sleepless nights and determination, Rene could only rely on intensive training and his own strength. He never had any professional training. There was no such support from his father, and the young man could only count on himself. He perfected his technique each day by watching the professionals play. But he needed swagger. He needed to scare people. But he was not the intimidating-looking guy. He looked like that singer Mark Anthony. He ain't scaring anybody. During one of his professional trips, the tennis player was walking the streets of Boston when an expensive and quite an extravagant accessory caught his eye in a shop window. It was a crocodile leather suitcase. Very elegant and not cheap. If I win, I'll definitely buy it, Renee said to himself before one of the tough tournaments. He was a tough opponent, sometimes even aggressive. Each of his games was like a show. Renee always put in his best efforts to win, and he did. He identified as a crocodile. The very next day, the crocodile suitcase was no longer in the shop window, and the media nicknamed Renee the crocodile for his playing style. He seemed to be jumping on the court, sort of jerking like a crocodile. A couple of days after the wind, one of Renee's closest friends, Robert George, a part-time artist, gave him a drawing of a crocodile with an open mouth. Graceful shapes and small details depicted in the drawing enchanted Renee. So the very next day, he gave the white blazer to an LTA to transfer the drawing to one of its pockets. Putting the logo on the outside. No one ever did that before. And now is the breakthrough. He designs a brand new polo shirt. In 1927, Rene entered one of the tournaments in the USA in a white polo shirt with three buttons. It was sewn by his own design and featured the same special crocodile on its chest. It should be noted that at the time, tennis players had to be well-dressed. White shirt and pants were obligatory. Rene's decision regarding his clothes was seen as a protest against the main rules of the tennis tournaments. But whichever way you look at it, White polo was much more comfortable, and it looked perfect against the background of a green court. He invented swagger in clothing, in sports. But some saw it as a defiance of tennis as a sport. Many criticized Rene and even wanted to ban him from playing, but he looked so cool in his outfit that soon other tennis players began to copy Rene's uniform, which, of course, he didn't exactly like. After a number of these situations and the huge popularity of the polo shirts among tennis players, Rene Lacosta ended his sports career. In 1933, he founded a new clothing brand named after Rene's last name, together with the knitwear magnate André Guillier, whom Rene met accidentally, by the way. It was this polo shirt that was the beginning of the international fame and success of the Lacosta brand. Putting swagger right there in front of everybody. But that wasn't all. For the first time in the history of fashion, the logo was placed not on the inside of the branded product, but on the front. Many even laughed at them for it, but they were very wrong to do so, as it turned out later. Up until the 50s, Lacosta polos came only in the universal cool white. But a little later, Rene decided to experiment. Thus, the first colored polo shirts appeared on the American market. It was a breakthrough. Men wearing Lacosta polos seemed to have a special status. Rene's goal wasn't just to fill the market with his product but it was more like a work of art for him. Each individual piece of clothing was supposed to be, first of all, a sign of quality and uniqueness. Rene didn't spend any money on advertising. He believed that a good, high-quality product didn't need it. It all made Lacoste an exclusive brand. As Rene would later recall, I could embroider thousands of items a day, I could just fill the store shelves, but then it wouldn't be the Lacosta that I had dreamed of. Now listen to the genius idea he had. It was in the 50s that the French polo was seen on John F. Kennedy and Clint Eastwood for the first time. 
It was a sly move on Renee's part. He came up with a brilliant idea. He sent Lacosta shirts as a gift to the most popular personalities of the time. It was a huge success. In literally a matter of weeks, the brand skyrocketed. Instead of spending millions on advertising, all it took was a couple of polo shirts. Americans would save up and spend their last money on this status item. And finally, you want swag? You want a crocodile? Rene Lacoste brought it to fashion. Even Lacoste himself couldn't explain such popularity. He once said in an interview, there are things that can't be explained. Maybe if I had chosen some other animal for the logo, something cute and harmless, nothing would have come of it. A rooster, for example. Everyone would have known that the brand was French, but there probably wouldn't have been such an effect. However, the secret of the brand's success wasn't its logo. Lacosta is renowned for its versatility and aesthetics. The crocodile polo shirt was so distinguished that it could be worn in any situation, from a simple walk or even an important event. Swagger in the world of art and fashion. Nothing like that crocodile. In sports, nobody did it better than the great Arnold Palmer. And let's do some clapper vision. I want to talk about Baker Mayfield. What exactly is an avulsion fracture in his shoulder that's dislocating? The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks again for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the Doc from 7 to 9 a.m., but don't miss my show. Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Do you have a show that you really love? One that you feel so groovy in? You don't even mind if it starts to fade. That only makes it nicer still. I love my shirt. I love my shirt. My shirt is so comfortably lovely. I love my shirt. I love my shirt. My shirt is so comfortably lovely. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's Donovan. I love my shirt from 1969. Who could write a song about that? But it's terrific. God bless that guy. Good job, Zach. I love my shirt. Mm-mm-mm. And that's what we're going to talk about at 8.15. The brand, Sunday Swagger, with the founder, Gary Farrell. That shirt is special. You can wear it playing golf like I did at the ESPN Golf Tournament. But just wearing it around at work during the day, you'll see. People will compliment you because it actually does give you swagger. It pops, the design, the fabric, the colors are unbelievable. Swagger. And how It's how it makes you feel, but it also, what it does to the person viewing it. It's extremely artistic. And it made me think all week. Swagger. You want that. You want to be that confident. You want to be James Bond. Clapper, Robert Clapper, that's what I want to be. James Bond, James Bond. That's swagger. And for me, as an orthopedic surgeon, when you meet a patient, they look at you, they Google you, they heard about you, they're friends. And I walk into that exam room. It must come through when they see me. You're Dr. Clapper. You see 100 patients a week for 32 years. Done over 16,000 surgeries, just like Michelangelo, touching the marble block. Being able to see through the stone with your fingers, just taking away the excess stone and freeing the figure that's trapped. If I feel your shoulder and you tell me it hurts here versus there, Yesterday in surgery, it was, I was teaching. 
and I explained to the resident my favorite part of the whole surgery is taking my marking pen and drawing where my incision's going to be. Because when I look at your knee or your hip, I can see through the skin and see the muscle and the tendon and the bone and the joint that's below. It sounds crazy to say it. I know it. But go do 16,000 of anything. Play a guitar and sing 16,000 songs. You'll get pretty good at the guitar. You'll get pretty good at anything. But it's awesome to be able to see what's invisible. That's special. And that's what Clapper Vision is. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And I want to talk about Baker Mayfield and what exactly is going on in his shoulder that dislocates, but he also has a fracture. I'll explain. But right now I want to talk about Arnold Palmer because in sports, he brought something that nobody else had ever done before in the world of golf. He was every man. He was a blue-collar guy. And he learned, finally, thanks to a friend, Mark McCormick, that you actually are a brand, Arnold Palmer. You yourself are swagger. Listen to Arnold Palmer talking about that realization and it was his friend Mark McCormick. And we're going back to 1959 when they met. Mark McCormick said, hey, let me handle the business. And then you'll hear, Mark, you'll hear Arnold Palmer go, you know what? I then realized I'm a product. I'm not just a guy. Now, play to win with a new Wilson staff ball. This is a famous long ball that Arnold Palmer used to drive 346 yards to the green and win the 1960 Open. In 1959, a young attorney named Mark McCormick walked into Arnold Palmer's life and changed it forever. Here's Mar here, now you're going to hear Mark McCormick and Arnold Palmer talking about what swagger really means. You become a product. That feeling that everybody wants to have to be just like you. He was very uninterested in those days in business. Then I said, Arnold, why don't you let me do all this stuff for you and you just concentrate on playing golf. And he said, well, great. As odd as it may seem today, nobody was uh, doing that in uh, the uh, early 60s. The year before they joined forces, Palmer made $20,000 off the course. But with McCormick now handling his TV and radio exposure, exhibitions, endorsements, and investments, Palmer became a millionaire and president of his own company by 1966. It took a long time before I could accept the uh, fact that Arnold Palmer was a product. He's a product. He's a brand. Nobody ever was a brand like that before. How did it all start for Arnold Palmer? This is fantastic. This is Dan Patrick, the ESPN show Sports Century. This is more than being a golfer. This is about being confident in who you are and being different from other people, but not caring because you have that confidence. The story of Arnold Palmer. He played the game as if he were hitting the beach at Anzio. He swung from the heels and shot for the moon and led his army on a charge down the fairway. He was the best of 1950s America. Strong, confident, almost recklessly democratic. And with the virginal eye of television following his every golfing move, he took the game public. He was golf. He literally picked it up on his shoulders and carried it to the people. It had been a game of the martini swilling country club set, and he, he gave it to the beer folks. Hmm. Oh, he really let it out. A tremendous belt. Oh, that, there's Nagel's ball, and way, way past it goes Arnold Palmer's drive. He was the every person's sort of favorite. Smash it, crash it, get on with it. You know he's going for it. Look at that. I just love hearing Jim McKay from ABC Wire World of Sports. Here you're also going to hear later in this soundbite Dick Schapp, who I also love to listen to. I don't want to say he doesn't have talent, because he does, but he has probably achieved more from just strict willpower. In Arnold's early years, Arnold was not a good driver. And he had to take these aggressive shots out of the trees and out of the woods and kept making them. And, you know, people loved him because he won doing that. He enjoyed the intimidation factor. And Arnold uh, would hit some shots and almost as if say, okay, can you top that? Here comes a bold Palmer putt. 
And there it goes. Golf was, was, was not a, uh, anywhere close to being a major sport, uh, certainly not a television sport, uh, certainly not a sport that the masses uh, were interested in, until along came Arnold Palmer, the, the common man. The common man with swagger. He looked more like a, a college halfback coming down the fairways than a golfer of previous days. The first shot we took of Arnold coming over the brow of the hill, and he walked up, flipped the cigarette, hitched up his trousers, drew up his nose, gave it a couple of snorts. That was his style, pure blue collar. That was his style. That was his swagger. Knowing people are uh, rooting for you and are aware of what you're doing uh, always helped me. Uh, it always made me want to perform more. Arnold Palmer was the next step after Joe DiMaggio. It's about having a good time. It's about enjoying oneself. Uh, it's about being what seems like a full, open, American man. He won his first Masters in 1958, but it was not until two years later at Augusta that he nailed down his role as golf's leading man. That was his second Masters, but it's what he did in the U.S. Open that year, 1960, that really changed golf forever and brought swagger to the game. Down a stroke in the final round, he drained a 27-footer at 17 to tie. For 18th, he struck a near-perfect second shot. Here it comes, with a five or a six iron. The ball on the green, and within approximately three feet of the pin, a magnificent shot by Arnold Palmer. Millions watching on TV, Palmer became an instant celebrity. And this is the beginning of television and later color television. People bought color televisions, I'm told, just so they can see the kind of shirt he was wearing because he liked wearing pink shirts. People wanted to see that. They bought color televisions because of Arnold Palmer. Two months later at the U.S. Open, Arnie again generated high drama. Mired in 15th place, down seven strokes after three rounds, he didn't flinch. After the morning 18, and a couple of newspaper friends is sitting there, and he asked one of his friends, a newspaper guy from Pittsburgh, he said, what would it take to win this tournament? And the guy said, well, forget about it, you haven't got a chance. Palmer said, watch me. Yeah, watch me. Watch me drive the green. Other people need two strokes to get to the green he hit the ball so hard and so fast and so strong and you knew he was coming he had confidence in himself and he intimidated all the other people there swagger he birdied six of the first seven holes finishing the front nine with a record tying 30 his 65 was good enough to win two strokes better than talented amateur jack nicholas the 1960 U.S. Open at Cherry Hills in Denver was, was the epitome of Arnold Palmer. You know, driving the first green and charging back from was seven strokes to win, that's not normal stuff. That's Hale Irwin, also a pro golfer, appreciating what he saw because he was one of those other golfers going, that guy is James Bond. That guy is Michael Jordan. Before there was a Tiger Woods, there was an Arnold Palmer. In sports, in art, in surgery, and in food. Swagger. That's what I want to talk about today. But let's open the clinic. The number is 877-710-ESPN. And let's do some Clapper Vision. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, Clapman. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Hamstrings. Along with Doc's Clapper Vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. 
Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. And don't miss Mason in Ireland back Monday at 1 on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's right, Zach. That's James Bond. Clapper. Robert Clapper. Bond. James Bond. That's swagger. All right, the number's 877-710-ESPN. Let's open the clinic. Let's do some Clapper vision. Let's go to Pedro. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Tapper, big fan, uh, first-time caller. Thank you. Pedro, um, Pedro, I got a question. First of all, how old are you? What do you do for a living? I am 34 years old, and I, I'm a podcast host, for, a sports podcast host. Oh, get out of here. Do you speak Spanish? Si, mucho. Did we, mucho do, this? Bien. Did we do this before, Pedro? I want to ask you, how do you say wife in Spanish? Esposa. And when the police arrest you and they put handcuffs on you, what is that called in Spanish? Uh, arrestado. No, esposas. Whoever made this language is <laughs> Spanish. I want to meet this guy and get his autograph. Because the fact that he could oh say your God. wife is esposa and handcuffs are called esposas, that guy. Trust me, the guy who made the language Spanish, he's definitely a guy if he's doing that. I got to love it. Anyway, it's I love it. It's hilarious. All right, Pedro, how can I help you? What you do to yourself? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm exactly sure what I did to myself. Maybe it's just old age, getting older. But uh, <laughs> 34. God bless you. I'm 64. Yeah, what the hell am I supposed to say? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Like I, you know, I played sports when I was younger and stuff like that, and I still stay physically active. But uh, I don't know. So whenever I sit down, like uh, crisscross applesauce with mm-hmm. my legs, mm-hmm. my right knee has like a. I don't think it's a muscle pain, but it just like it feels like my nerves hurt when I sit like that. Like it just. It so, just hurts. I don't know. Right, you ready? Say. Like when I have it in that position, it just it just feels like not weak, but like it just hurts. Like it feels like my nerves just hurt on my knee. All right, you ready for a clapper vision? Yes, I'm let's, excited. Let's clapper go inside vision. your knee. So if you go in the backyard and you want to clip a rose for your girlfriend or your wife, you'll use one of those pruning. They look like scissors, right, with a spring. The little one where you can clip the small flower because it's a small branch or a twig, and you can snap it, and then you can make a nice bouquet for your wife or your girlfriend and put it in a beautiful vase. But if you need to trim the overgrowth of a ficus tree or a fig tree or something big, and you really need to do some big pruning, you can't use that small little fit-in-the-palm-of-your-hand clipper because you don't have... The torque, you don't have the mechanical advantage to snap a big branch, right? You can't do it with something as big as a scissor. It's not going to work. You don't have the power. So what do you do? You get one of those pruning shears that have the long two-foot, three-foot handle, two of them, right? And then you have that blade, that scissor blade at the end. And those long handles, you wrap that mouth, the jaws of that pruning shear around a branch. It's just so much fun because you just take those two long handles and snap. You can break a pretty thick trunk that you know you can't do with just squeezing that small pruning shears with your hand. You have a mechanical advantage because of the long arms handles of the pruning shear. Well, right now, sitting, look down at your femur and look at the length of your femur, your thigh bone. Now look at the length of your shin bone, your tibia. These are the length, the mechanical advantage of the long handle of the pruning shears. Well, think about it. Instead of the jaws of the pruning shear snapping a branch that's two inches thick, you've got inside your knee a meniscus. You not only have one, you got two. You got the medial and you have the lateral meniscus under tremendous mechanical force of those pruning shear handles, your femur and your tibia. So this is actually, Pedro, a very important history that you're giving me because you are describing the pain in your knee 
when the maximum mechanical torque is occurring when you're twisting your leg to get in that position. So do not let them give you a cortisone shot or synvisc or stem cells for $10,000. Stay the hell away from needles in your knee joint. I'm not interested in even giving you Advil. Something's the matter inside your knee. Now, it's a lovely world of physical therapy and exercises and training, particularly in your 30s, before you hit the magic number of 40s. But information empowers us, Pedro. That's the beauty of life is learning. That's why I'm doing this show for two hours for 10 and a half years, to teach people how your body works. A plain x-ray, helpful. But as we say in New York, Forget about it. You ain't going to see the meniscus or the cartilage behind your patella. The important structures that don't appreciate that high torque of the pruning shears in that position. So they're going to give you a hard time. This broken system we have in medicine, they're going to fight with you about getting an MRI. You tell them one thing, Pedro. You tell them you got a second opinion from Dr. Clapper. Okay, Just like Kobe says, Clapper. Dr. Clapper, you get it. You tell him, hey, I already got a second opinion. Get me my damn MRI. Just Hell like yeah. Keyshawn says, throw me the damn ball. Get me my, that's what, <laughs> Zach, we got to have the new promo. Get me my damn MRI. That's what it has like to say. It. I like it, Dr. Because Clapper. that's what you need. And I will promise you this you get your damn MRI, and I will make time. We'll put you at the front of the list of the lineup. You got the report in front of you. You'll read me the impression, and I will help you get through this. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Yui called Heal Your Knees. Get a copy. It's important for you to understand anatomy. And before we talk about treatment, we need a diagnosis. So get your damn MRI. Okay, mm-hmm. Pedro? Yeah. Got you, uh, Dr. Tapper. Really appreciate now it, Now, listen. You're a total stranger to me. I never met you. You your job today is to find a total stranger. You do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me, okay? All right. We'll do, Dr. Trapper. Thanks once again, man. Okay. God bless Appreciate you, Pedro. It. Have a great day. All right, Warriors, we'll pay some bills. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The clinic's all lit up. I don't even give the number out anymore. I love it. Do some clapper vision. I just love it. Painting pictures in your mind with words. doesn't get any better than that as an artist who became a surgeon. I love it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. It's good to be king, right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clapper Vision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers. Hey, Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. He's infectious, and I can say that because I'm a doctor. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Roberto Clapperio. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Why is Zach playing a song called Green Sleeves? Because we're talking about Sunday Swagger and the greatest green sleeves you'll have on a shirt. At 8.15, we're going to learn all about Swagger. In fashion, fashion and sports, swagger. What a great topic. But before we do that, let's keep going in the clinic. Got all the lines are lit up. Let's go to who's next? Who's in Oxnard? Robert. Robert in Oxnard. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. Long time listener, first time caller. Oh, thank you very much. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 40. I'm an operations manager at Amgen. Oh, wow. Oh, that's the greatest. Good for you. And your sport, <laughs> what do you love to do? Uh, I love basketball. Are you a Laker fan? Because I'm hanging right up now if you're a Clipper fan. 
Big time, big time, like I said. That's right. Oh, boy. Listen, look at all that pushing and shoving they got. Let me tell you something. Forget <laughs> about who they have on the team. The thing that bothers me right now is who is not on the team. I don't like that Alex Caruso and Jared Dudley are playing for someone else. That's You're who we miss, don't you think? Right. <laughs> Damn. It's chemistry. And you know what's so great about what Dr. Buss's legacy is and was? He was not a medical doctor like me. Dr. Buss is Dr. Buss because he's a doctor of chemistry. He was a genius, but he understood that H2O, which is water, in New York, by the way, there's no R on that word, water, like clapper, A-H, is H2O. There's two hydrogens to an oxygen. H-O, just a one hydrogen in, is peroxide, but you need two hydrogen. Why do you need two? Why do you need one? Well, if you're a chemist, you understand how bonding occurs to get the end result, and certain molecules can't go together. He understood how molecules work. He was a chemist. He understood how people have to come together. And let me tell you something. Getting rid of Alex Caruso and Jared Dudley, in my opinion, was a big mistake. And that's what you're seeing right now. They got to get used to themselves, these guys. And I'm very worried about the team. Let me just say that. How can I help you? What did you do to yourself? All right. Well, actually, I was helping you and I could come together to help out my sister-in-law, who I love very much. My um, pleasure. Good for you she, for, uh, for loving a sister-in-law. That's amazing. I love my sister-in-law yeah, also. She, 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 she's actually my kid's uh, godmother, so you you know, it's very special. You have a big heart. It's um, my pleasure to help you. Uh, so she's also a weekend warrior. She's actually probably working out right now. I told her I was going to call you up and um, <laughs> get some re- get some recommendation. Uh, no so copay. You can call and... me up. No copay. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I called you because I called you because so she – she got an offender bender mm-hmm. um, long ago, um, but, you know, she's, you know, working out. Um, she's having trouble doing workouts, anything that requires above her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, she's getting neck pain, shoulder pain that shoots down her arm mm-hmm. and uh, down to her kind of ring finger and pinky finger when it gets really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's up for cortisone. She told me this weekend, just last night, um, she said, I'm going to go get a cortisone shot. And I'm like, no, don't do that. That's right. Don't <laughs> so, do that. Um, so here's yeah, my advice for you. your sister-in-law. This is how you can help her out the best. You know, you at Amgen, if any company really prides itself on doing the due diligence and working behind the scenes, Amgen is not saying, hey, fellas, we have a new drug. You should all try it. No. Amgen, one of the best companies in the world at doing the work behind the scenes and testing it and making sure that it's safe. Here's the same thing I would tell your sister-in-law. Forget about going for treatment just yet. You need to know the extent of the damage. How big is the herniated disc? Because clearly that's what she has. She has a herniated disc in her neck. I've had a herniated disc in my neck so big that all my neurosurgeon fans, uh, fans, they're fans also. They've been on this show as guests. But all of my neurosurgeon friends were lining up. They could not wait. Hey, Robbie. I'd love to be the one to do your disc replacement or your fusion or your laminectomy. They couldn't wait to be able to have that claim to fame that they did my neck surgery. I never had neck surgery, but I also didn't have an epidural or cortisone. I let it heal, and it was not easy. I used swimming. I used a Bucky uh, airline pillow that I got for 20 bucks online. It's an airline pillow made of buckwheat, which really allowed me to sleep at night, putting traction on my neck. I did all kinds of things, but the best is getting in the pool. Once you put that cortisone in, you can't unring the bell. But before you do it, you need to know what the hell you're treating. She needs an MRI, which, I again, it's very hard to get one because the broken system that we live in doesn't allow it to happen so fast. You tell her. You got her a second opinion from Dr. Clapper, and you make them get an MRI. And you tell her. She can get the MRI, and she can call me, and I will help her. But don't go for the shot. Get the information first. And she clearly has it because you got neck pain down to shoulder, into your fingers with numbness, walks like a duck, sounds like a duck. It's a duck. That's what she has. She don't have carpal tunnel. She doesn't have... She has a herniated disc. In the lower extremities, we would call that sciatica, where you get a numb foot and toe 
when the troublemaker comes from your lower back. Here, the troublemaker comes from your neck and goes into the fingers. Here's a clapper vision for you to give her. You're in your living room. The light by the chair where you like to read the newspaper or magazines is flickering. There's nothing the matter with the light bulb, even though it's flickering. There's nothing the matter with the switch. You, you jiggle it, it's a brand new light. There's nothing the matter with it. There's nothing the matter with the electric cord. There's no rats that ate the insulation. It's a brand new electric cord. It's because whoever did vacuuming bumped into the electric cord and slightly pulled the plug. All, not all the way, but slightly out of the wall. So there's a, a misconnection of the plug in the wall. It's not deep into the outlet. It's sticking out a little bit. That is what is causing the light bulb to flicker. That's a herniated disc in your system. Give her that clapper vision. She has numbness tingling in her fingertips. That's the light bulb. But it has nothing to matter with the electric cord or the switch or even her fingers themselves, the light bulb. The trouble is the plug in the wall, the root of the nerve where the disc is. That's a clapper vision for you. And to just pollute it with a cortisone shot, no. Be holistic. Give her that advice. Give her that clapper vision. And for you, I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right? Will do, Dr. Clapper. Thank you very much. All right. God bless you. Have a good day. All right. We got time for one more call. Let's go to John in Orange County. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Doc. How you doing? I'm doing great because I'm dreaming about going surfing tomorrow. The waves are big. That's how I'm doing. But really, I'm doing great because I'm here on the radio on Saturday mornings like I've done for 10 and a half years enjoying being a weekend warrior host and being able to talk to you, John. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 55. I am an underwater filmmaker, wow. uh, documentary maker, and I um, wow. pay the bills sometimes between projects. I uh, I was working at Nordstrom. Wow. And I was a former decathlete in my back in my younger days, and um, I was reaching up one day. I'm in I'm in excellent shape, but I was reaching up one day with a couple suits on hangers to hang them up on a higher rack. And I felt something in my shoulder. Ah. Now, it hurt for a couple months. It kind of went away. Um, but I started uh, working out and, wait, and lifting weights again a, a month ago. And now I have a, the pain again in my shoulder. It's not so much it's a sharp pain, but it's a it's a more dull pain that goes from the top of my shoulder and maybe down to my bicep. But it, it, it's not so much the pain as much as it's I feel weak. Mm. Uh, there's a weakness or a restriction. It doesn't go past your elbow, though, right? No. Okay. No. Then, it, then you know, because shoulder pain is one of two things. You either have tsuris, which is a Yiddish term. You either had trouble coming from your shoulder causing the shoulder pain, or you have shoulder pain, just like the last caller's sister-in-law. She's got shoulder pain, but her shoulder pain ain't coming from her shoulder. It's coming from the nerves in the neck and on their way down to the fingertips, they cause pain in the shoulder. Yours is different. You, how young are you again? 55. Okay, there you go. You have what's known as altacocaritis. Basically, you've gotten old. The Romans only lived to be 35 years old. They didn't get these problems. Thank God you got to be 55, but the downside is we fall apart. You get cataracts, your heart valve calcifies, and you get arthritis, and tendons are not elastic anymore and they rip and they tear so the troublemaker in your shoulder is most likely the rotator cuff why would the rotator cuff start to fail now and why does it fail when you lift your arm up to put those hangers up here's a very elegant research paper done by one of my favorite researchers Stephen Arnosky in Michigan he used to be at special surgery that's how I got to know him but he was amazing he figured out how to do microscopic dye injections in cadavers and could map out the blood supply so a clapper vision of his enlightening research was that he showed that when you lift your arm above your head you look at the microcirculation how the blood supply goes into the tendons and when you lift your arm above your head, it's as though, here's a clapper vision, you went to your kitchen sink 
and you have a cloth, a washcloth that's soaking wet because you used it to mop up some water. Well, when you go to the sink, you don't just squeeze the washcloth. You twist it. You wring it out. You rotate. You have one end of the washcloth in your right hand, the other end of the washcloth in your other hand, and you twist it, and that maximally gets the water out of the washcloth to make it dry again. Well, when you lift your arm overhead, your rotator cuff doesn't just contract. It rotates. It twists. And as it does that in a 55-year-old guy, it blanches and reduces the blood in the tendon and the muscle, which makes it ripe for ripping and tearing. And also at 55, you have the beginning of a bone spur. We all do. We get this. So that deadly combination of, de- of degeneration leading to a bone spur, also the, the, the wringing out of the blood supply in the rotator cuff in that particular spot is a recipe for oy vey. It hurts, and you're going to need someone like me. So guess what they're going to suggest for you? You should have a cortisone shot in your shoulder. No, don't. Because then you will make your shoulder numb, you won't feel it, you'll say, thank you, I feel better, and now you have lost touch with the feeling of pain as you continue to do even worse damage to your shoulder. So, step one, you need information. I need information to be able to help you. You need an MRI. They will fight with you. You're going to say, Keyshawn Johnson. Throw me the damn ball. Get me my damn MRI. Mm -hmm. You don't need dye injected. You just need a regular one. Get it done. Have the report in front of you, and it'll be my pleasure to translate what they're saying to you with some clap revision. A plain x-ray ain't enough. And they're going to also say, let's just send you to therapy. No. In a 55-year-old guy who doesn't complain, who makes a living holding a camera and now subsidizes his income by working, putting hangers up high, I need to take care of you to do the right thing. The softest pillow to sleep on at night is a clear conscience. You care to have one. So do I. But not a lot of people living next to us do. So you get an MRI, you call me. All right? All right. Thanks, Doc. Listen, you're a total stranger. You go find a total stranger today. You do something nice for them. That's how you be thanking me. All right? All right. Pay it forward. All right, Warriors. Coming up next, I'm going to tell some stories about the world of swagger. Because Sunday Swagger is my guest at 815, but I want to learn and you to hear swagger in fashion, in art, and swagger in sports, and certainly swagger in food, that New York hot dog with the red onion sauce. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. 